the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we're continuing in our series entitled Courageous Christians. Throughout August, we're talking with men and women who endeavor to live by faith. As you might expect, each of them has a unique journey in Christ, and as you will hear, rarely is that path straight. What makes them courageous Christians is not that they have climbed mountains in Tibet, dug wells in Africa, or walked from Ephesus to Jerusalem. What makes them courageous Christians is that they bring their faith to bear on the world in love each day. They don't shy away from the world, but neither are they conformed to the world. Instead, they lead with their hearts, striving to be Christ-like and to value what God values. And they do so without regard to the likes and dislikes of the world, and that's a big deal. For many months, we've talked about courageous Christianity, we've talked about military theory, and with this series, we simply hope to show you the many faces of courageous Christians who are out there doing it. And speaking of courageous Christians, joining us today is Pastor Aaron Thomas. As you may remember, Pastor Aaron joined us a while back with his co-host from Salt and Pepper Conversations, which airs here on KKHT on Sundays at 3 p.m. And we loved having him on the show, and we've invited him back to tell us about his walk with Jesus. Pastor Aaron, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. It's great uh, to be back. I'm, I'm looking forward to this opportunity uh, to talk about Jesus, man. Thank you. Uh, God bless you. That's fantastic. Friends, we were sitting in the conference room before the show, and I have to tell you, Pastor Aaron cannot be contained. <laughs> he was saying all this amazing stuff before the show was even beginning, and I said, Pastor Aaron, you got to keep it. You got to hold it. And he's basically saying, doesn't matter. There's more. <laughs> Right. So uh, very excited to have you. Thank you so much. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my tremendously talented wingman. Hello, everyone. 
And truth be told, folks, Christy makes all of this happen with just the many details she manages. And Mike, we're not going to forget about you. He's our wonderful producer, and he's here for us every week. And before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Aaron, would you pray for us? Absolutely. Father God, we just come uh, with humbled hearts, and we ask, Lord, that you be glorified in this show and that you bless the listener uh, to hear and to receive you, not us, Lord. Just use us as vessels to pour out uh, the work that you're doing in life, to pour out your spirit. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this day, which was not promised. Uh, We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Friends, I hope you know that this show is not about us. It's about you. And it's about the many places that your day takes you. And as we do it, I know uh, I speak for myself. I always have you in mind and in heart, wherever you are, whether it's on your way to the shopping mall on a busy Saturday or working in the garage and you've got the radio on or in the kitchen or any of those various things. I just think about the opportunity that we each have uh, to talk about God and to talk about his son, Jesus. And Pastor Aaron, uh, I know it's a big topic, but I'm ready to light this candle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to light it with you. (laughs) Tell us about your journey. Start wherever you want. Just let us hear. Wow. Um, First of all, let me tell you a little bit about me. First and foremost, before anything, I always like to uh, state I'm a Christian. And as a Christian, I'm a Christian husband, I'm a Christian father, I'm a Christian worker, I'm a Christian friend. Um, I put Christ first because I haven't always done that. My um, journey, um, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up knowing God. I definitely didn't look at God as my father. Uh, my experience with religion, unfortunately, was in what I today call a cult. Um, my family was associated with the Jehovah's Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I grew up in and and knew. But even in it, I knew that there was something wrong with it for me. And and it was missing something. I don't know how deep you want me to get in this right now. But, you know, when I had my encounter with Christ, my whole life changed. I tell people I took a whole dose of the Holy Ghost and... uh, (laughs) I've been chasing that ever since I, I was a man that struggled with drugs, alcohol, and, and and so much more. And I know we'll get into that. But when I had this encounter with Jesus Christ, it truly was uh, life-changing, uh, life-transforming. And it's brought me to here uh, right now um, because of what God is doing in my life. I, I just chase after him. I, I, I do everything I can to live for him so that people can come to see him. And know that he is alive, he is well, and he is real. He's very real. How did that take place to go from where you were uh, with the gods of your fathers and the gods of the world to when Jesus started speaking to you and started causing you to say, wait a second. Um, I can think about my journey, which we talked about on the show last week where I was flying in an airplane and a voice said to me out of the blue, 
you need to learn about Christ. <laughs> and if that was in like October of 2003, it was until January 10th, 2004 at the Cracker Barrel in Gary, Indiana, where uh, I accepted Jesus. So how did that work for you where you started saying, wait a second? Well, um, let me take you back a little bit. So I'm um, growing up, you know, I, I knew how to be duplicitous. I played this game, but I was a street pharmacist. If you can catch that, mm-hmm. I've been on a state holiday, a county holiday and a federal holiday, all expenses paid. If you can catch that, <laughs> hope our listeners are, are uh, picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, they, <laughs> right. And um, so I had these encounters with God. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I was on my federal holiday, my longest stint, I um, knew that if I stayed with Christian people, I was going to be OK, because what I knew about God is it didn't matter who I was, he took care of his own. And so if I stayed with them, I would be blessed because of them. Kind of like the way God says uh, we're supposed to treat Israel and we're blessed because of it. I knew if I stayed with Christians, I'd be blessed because of it. But when I was uh, released from that vacation, that holiday, I told God I wasn't going to live for you. Mm. Right. I, 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 so I get to know what it's like to told be. him with your actions or you actually had a I, conversation I went in my, with I him. Went in my, I had this conversation. I was a person that said the sinner's prayer a thousand times because that was the thing you were supposed to do. And I said all the right stuff. I still had that duplicity about me, but I was uh, I was using God as a, a means to an end. And when they were letting me out, I went into my room. I remember specifically, and I said, hey, God, look, I appreciate everything you did, but you know I'm not going to live for you. Right? So I know what it's like to be a Judas, right? to walk with God, to uh, talk with God, to taste the uh, goodness of God, to see the blessing of God, but still not have a relationship um, because I didn't go to God for who he was. I go went to God for what he could do. So you realize how weird that is, the fact that you're talking to him means... He's very real to you. The fact that you're talking to him. <laughs> right. And and then you, to say, I'm not going to serve you. I wonder if he was just sitting there saying. Okay. He's like, this, this, this fool's crazy. That's pretty much it. <laughs> because this, one thing I, I want to say, Richard, is I, I've always believed in God. I don't believe in the goo to the zoo to you. I don't, none of that. I don't believe in the theory of evolution. You can call it evolution. That's awesome. Wait, can I just stop you? The goo to the zoo <laughs> to, to you. you. <laughs> Friends, that would be evolution. Right. I've never heard it put like that. Really. Well, uh, that. The way I've always said it is, did Mozart come from a muddy puddle in an accidental universe? I don't think so. I don't think so. But yours is better. <laughs> from the goo to the zoo to you. And I've always believed in God. I just believe God didn't really have time for people like me. You know, I was, uh, I was born... Um, poor, you know, outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and Westchester. Um, I didn't know my father. Um, the man that adopted me, uh, Josh uh, Thomas, I have his last name, um, loved him. He did the best he can, but he suffered from his own issues and his own demons. And they were brought throughout our house, removed, just a lot of bad circumstances. I mean, we lived in our car, lived in a shelter. I've done all these things. And so I never believed God had time for a man like me. Right. I, I was just believe there were certain people that God loved and there were certain people that were just here to fill space. And so when I told God I wasn't going to live for him, um, I was going to do my thing. But I'd show up at church every once in a while because I need a blessing every once in a while. That's how I looked at God as somebody that could do something for me, but that he wasn't for me. Mm. And 
he let me live for five years. If I would have died, I would have went to a devil's hell. And even though I knew about it, nobody came and told me about it, right? I, I, I didn't have men of God that were courageously living a Christian life. I knew, I, I, I watched people that were supposed Christians and I saw them in the club with me doing what I was doing. And I was like, well, there's nothing different in their life than my life. So I guess I'm still all right. You know what I hear there, if I could interrupt you? Talk to me, yes, absolutely. What I hear there is, I was recently off doing Marine Corps stuff, and I drove there, and then I drove back, so I had like nine hours in the car each way, and staring out the windshield is kind of a a thing for me, and I was listening to a book on tape about samurai, and I told Christy all about this, and this one samurai guy is talking about uh, when the Mongol hordes were invading Japan. And all the lives that were lost in this fight. And he refers to each life as a universe. Okay. And what I'm hearing when you say that is the universe in each life, the infinite possibilities, the pebbles thrown into the still pond and the ripples that go out forever. And so oftentimes as Christians, we think if I can't fix the whole world, I'm not even going to try And if I'm not the quarterback on the team throwing the touchdown pass, I'm not even going to be on the field. And no, society's told me being a water boy is not good enough. But what I'm hearing from you is if somebody had talked to you and said, brother, are you really happy? And the universe that that would have and eventually did open up, and it would have just been one person and one voice and one life and the amazing good that would have come from that. So, friends, we're just going to, as we're working into the end of this segment, and we're going to come right back with Pastor Aaron, and we're just going to talk some more about the amazing potential, and we have to remember in our faith that there can't be words unsaid because of the universe of possibilities which God manages. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission in this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. I'm Richard Mendelow, and we're here with Pastor Aaron Thomas, who is telling us about his amazing journey with Christ. And Mike chose the perfect song for us to lead in. That's Chad Strader singing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And we're not talking about religion. 
We're not talking about a man with his feet firmly planted on the earth, looking at the heaven and telling God what he thinks of him. We're talking about the friend we have in Jesus who finds us wherever we are and walks with us and answers our questions, is attentive to our prayers, and transforms our lives to the extent that we give our lives to him to be transformed. The more you give, the more you get back. And so you're talking to Pastor Aaron Thomas, a man who has given it all and received so much in return from a loving God. And I just want to hear more. So uh, you start where you want. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I just uh, said, you know, I got out um, and I was like still in the world. And I, I hung out with Christian people in religion. Not in this relationship. No man told me about the relationship. You know, they said, you know, do these do's and don'ts, read this book, do this, follow this, follow this. And all that is true, but you can't do it until you come to know this Jesus. So fast forwarding in my life, I met this beautiful, incredible woman um, who was a Christian. I was still in the world. She met me. God told her, I have a call on this man's life, but he's in the world. He loves it. And I'm doing a work in him, but you have to wait for him. Um, you loved the world, even though you were so betrayed by it so often, because it was all I knew. Right. And and when you grow up in the streets and and you grow up hustling and you grow up without hope and a dream or purpose without vision, you're lost. Right. God says you're perishing. My people perish for the lack of vision. I was a man in the moment created in the image of God in the likeness of God that had no vision of God. So I was perishing. And then I met this woman. I'm still doing drugs and I'm just giving you the, the short end of this. And one day she sees me high and she goes, I'm going to be your wife forever, but I can't walk with you if you don't walk with God. And, and so we had this long conversation and she said, what do you need? And out of somewhere out of my soul and my spirit for the first time, I said, I need Jesus. And she told me about this restoration, men's restoration home here in Houston. I was supposed to come for 30 to 60 days. I came. I felt I got saved on the on the plane. I called her up and told her, I don't know how I can tell you this. I'll never do drugs and alcohol again. For me to do those things is sin. I said. Um, on the way to the place. On the way to the place. I got off the plane, walked to a phone, picked up the phone and called her so that she knew I actually came to Houston and didn't detour. And and said, I don't know what has happened to me, but I can tell you this with a certainty. And she said, God said the day that you took a step of faith, he was going to show you everything you needed. And the funny thing about that part of the story, she had it written in a journal and she didn't show me the journal until a year after my salvation that she wrote it down five years, uh, six years before we actually got together what God had told her. But anyway, so I, I go to this men's revival. These men are praying. I cry out to God and I go, God, just be real to me. And Richard, wow. it's a wrap. My whole life changed. It was like, I I, I, I was indwelled and filled with the Holy ghost. I, I, I felt God pull something out of me. Uh, I tell people it was like a demon got pulled up out of me and I was set free. I was loosed uh, from the evil and the hold that this world had on me. And I fell in love with God at that very moment. And I knew, I didn't know what all it entailed, but I knew that my life was changed. 
I knew that I wouldn't be the same. As a matter of fact, my niece asked me one day, she said, uncle, how do you know what you believe? Because her mom raised her Jehovah's Witness. She goes, how do you know what you believe is true? And I said, for the last 15 years of my life, baby girl, what did I say that I've added to my life? She said that you got saved and you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And I say, and has my life in your eyes been the same? She goes, no, you are a totally different man. I go, that's the power of a living, loving God. And everyone needs to encounter that. Everyone uh, needs to come to that understanding in that relationship. You're going to laugh at me when I tell you what I'm about to tell you. (laughs) Okay, come with it. Thank you, God, for that amazing story. Thank you for sharing that with us. I was looking out the window today at a lady walking her dog. And friends, you got to know sometimes my mind goes some strange places. And I thought to myself, imagine you go to the pound because you want a dog. And you want a dog because you want to have a relationship with another life and you want to care for another life. And you see this dog there that seems very nice and you don't know where this dog's been. You don't know what streets this dog's been on, what he's done, what places he messed up that he shouldn't have. You just say, I want that dog. And then you take that dog home. And as you love that dog and as you take care of its needs and feed it, that dog loves you like you can't imagine. And when you look in a dog's eyes, a dog looking at his master, to me, that's one of the purest places to see love. And I believe God put dogs on this planet to show us what real love looks like. And to me, the fact that God and dog are the same letters backwards and forwards just (laughs) tells you everything you need to know. And my point in this crazy story is that God chooses us because scripture does say he chooses us Amen. and he doesn't care where we've been. He doesn't care about the messes that we've made, even though he knows the full universe of those messes, even though he knows the damage, the far reaching effects of the damage, the drugs, all of those things. He knows it, but he chooses us and then he loves us. And then you would think in the normal scheme of things, we would look at that, be overcome by that, and we would be those dogs. Right. Looking at the master with love and saying, master, what, what can we do? What, how do I serve you? And that's what we're talking about with courageous Christianity, real Christianity, Christianity that just says in the love of the father for me, my heart's response is And how did you say it today when you talked about living it out? Right. Well, it's real. The relationship's real, and it's evident when you live it out. The reality of the relationship is the way that you live your life. It it becomes evident. It becomes personal, and people see it, and they desire it, and they want it. And that's what you want to give them. That's what you want to share. You want to change a universe. You want to affect the world in which you live. Like people think about the world and they think about this big global planet in which we live. I think about right outside my front door. I think about at my grocery store. I think about at my schools and, and, and the places that when I walked in this building, how can my life impact and change the universe in which I walk everywhere? Jesus walked. He, he, he changed lives because he, he was real. He was present, right? And well, he's real and he's present in me. 
He lives in me. And I get to show that to people by what he's done for me, how he's changed me, how he's transformed me, how he's blessed me. I, my life hasn't become easier, but it's become manageable because I don't manage it anymore. It's as you said, the master takes care of everything for me. He guides me and directs me. I surrender to him. I see him in my everyday, in my getting up, in my laying down, in my going out, in my coming in. He is evident and he is real. And when you get to introduce that relationship and people know the authenticity of a relationship, they know it when, 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 when they in- interact with, when they interact with you, when they see it, I'm not just talking about religion. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about walking and talking with Jesus. And then after that, all those things will flow from it. Amen. <laughs> so, um, we're in Afghanistan and uh, I have an advisor team, and we're advising the Afghan border police. And so there were 33 uh, guys on my team, and uh, we're advising 470 Afghan border policemen, and it's getting to be winter. And so I'm very worried because Afghanistan's cold. I'm very worried about getting them their winter gear. We do all kinds of craziness to get them their gear that this corrupt guy is hoarding, And he doesn't want to give it out because then he can't be doing his corrupt thing. Anyhow, so we finally get these Afghans their winter boots and so on and so forth. And the next thing you know, we go to this one border fort and the guys are all bare feet. And my Marines are like, what happened? And it takes a while, but the story we end up getting is they sold their boots at the bazaar to get money for dogfighting because they're big on dogfighting, and food. And so my Marines, we go back to the combat outpost, and they were pretty upset by this because we'd gone to great lengths to get these guys' shoes. And I said, fellas, the closer you live to just surviving, the shorter your time horizon is. You're, You're just right here, right now, trying to survive. And then... They're not worried about their kids' college fund. They're not worried about their retirement. They're just wondering if they're going to eat this week. Wow. And so they do all these very reactive things, many of which are quite harmful to them. And I said, what we want to do is we want to give them a vision of Afghanistan in 10 years, in five years when families are safe and there's a banking system and there's a government that works and there's a legal system. And that way you're going to get this man's vision. You're going to get his eyes up off the ground, off his shoes, off his feet, off this day. And you're going to put that way into the future. And then when you do that, the decisions he's making are going to become very real and very important to him because now he has a hope and a future. Absolutely. And so what I'm hearing in your amazing story is the promise God made in Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And so uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us, the story of your day-to-day survival your day-to-day reactive behavior, and then Jesus lifting your chin and and talking about the hope and the future, and then it becoming important to you the decisions that you made that uh, were about uh, that vision. Living it out. Living it out. Eternal hope. Amen. Amen. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Stay with us. There's a train two miles away. 
Friends, we have something exciting to share with you. It's an opportunity for those who are facing a challenging life situation like divorce, addiction, and loss. It's an opportunity for those seeking to deepen their faith, and it's an opportunity for those wanting to refocus their life on Christ. This world is a battlefield. Standing strong in the face of adversity isn't easy when you face it alone, but you can be victorious no matter where you are on the battlefield. And this is where you begin. Overcoming a boot camp for courageous Christians. It's an evening with Richard Mindelo, your host of Courageous Christianity, and me, Christy Stratton, Richard's wingman, and the host of the Divorce Coaching Hour at Houston's West End Church as we talk with you about how to make choices towards a victorious life, courageous steps that you can take forward, learning that you are not alone, understanding that what you are feeling is normal the way through the challenges of life and beyond, and that there is opportunity and possibility in crisis and suffering. I hope you'll join Richard and me and advance forward together, overcoming a boot camp for courageous Christians, October 20th, 2021 in Houston at West End Church, starting at 6.30 p.m. There is a small fee of $29. In addition to all that you'll gain by attending, you'll get a signed copy of Richard's book, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. To register, go to westin.me backslash events and click Overcoming, a boot camp for courageous Christians. Again, that's westin.me backslash events and click Overcoming, a boot camp for courageous Christians. If you have questions about the program, email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. You can also find registration info on Facebook at Instagram at Courageous Christianity. Richard and I hope you'll join us. Friends, you're back with Courageous Christianity, and we're talking to Pastor Aaron Thomas. And at the end of the last segment, I was talking about how before you know God and before uh, you have that relationship, it's easy to be in the moment and reacting to the world. And then he lifts your chin up and he tries to focus you on a future and a hope and an eternity with him. And so you start looking at things differently. But it's difficult sometimes to explain how that transition takes place how you start reading your Bible, how you start turning away from the world, how you start protecting your relationship with him. And so for our listeners out there, we're not talking about religion. No. Uh, Explain how that that actual transition begins. Uh, How do you start reading your Bible? All of these things as it happened for you. Well, you know... um like I said, it happened for me because I realized that I needed Jesus. I I, I knew about God, and, and so I called out to God. I made the responsibility his. It's his. The Bible says that he that began a good work, he comes, as you said, he comes and he chooses us. He seeks us out. So there was, And when we get to that place where the Holy Spirit is messing with our hearts and we're looking for something more and we cry out and we ask God to become more real to us. And, you know, there's a prayer that uh, churches use. It's called the prayer of salvation. I understand uh, the methodology behind it, the understanding. But when I, when I pray to God, I, I said, God, I need you to become real to me. And he showed up and I, and then I asked him, I go, I need to know about you. And it's funny when you start to call God to seek God and, and, and to want to know him, he starts to bring men in your face that know him well, right? He, he realized that this is a sincere cry, not a cry to get out of a hardship or a heartache or a heartbreak. This is a cry from a man who has no hope in this world or the things in this world. It's like, I need something more or 
I'm going to die inside. And he shows up. He brings men such as yourself, right? You can reach out to uh, Courageous Christianity. There's an email, a phone number. There, There's a peace out written peaceoutreachministry.org. Let me read your card right now. Sorry to interrupt your flow, but um, Pastor Aaron has a ministry, peaceoutreachministry.org, and you can reach him at peaceoutreachministry at yahoo.com. Just to begin, two places where you can reach for help, and then, of course, courageouschristianity at gmail.com for us. And lots of resources available and people who just want to love you in the truth of God. But please and that's continue. It. And that's it. Like you get plugged in and you meet uh, men that can point you in the direction. If I can't do it, I know another brother that can. I know uh, I, I've met men that got in my life and got in my face. And uh, as uh, uh, Dr. Allen said, I'm going to get in your dirty drawers. I'm going to be in your bedroom. I'm going to get in your business. To All I want from you, though, is for you to be the best man of God that you were created to be. And I had never experienced that. He didn't want anything from me. It wasn't a give or take relationship. It wasn't predicated on anything other than his love for the God that he had a relationship with and he was willing to give it. And that's where I live my life. Right. Um, I, I, I allow people to see the relationship lived out so that they want to come and inquire, like, how do you walk through these storms in life with your head up like that? How do you have joy and peace when in a world that is like my world uh, falls down sometimes? But I know who holds my world in his hand. I know who's promised me a, a, a brighter day, a brighter future, an eternal hope. And I seek that and I seek to surround myself. When you start to look for God, he has already started looking and for you. And that's such mm. a big thing. Tell He's us more already about that. started looking for you. That that desire he gave you, right? He gives you the faith to seek and want. He gives you, uh, uh, because of his grace and mercy, he puts in you. It, it's not us. It's him. Yeah, let's go back to that dog pound where the devil has taken these beautiful souls, these loving souls, and he's put them in these cages. And if you don't do something to get out of that cage, you're going to die. Those animals that aren't adopted die. And that's precisely how it looks for a human being trapped in the schemes of the devil and the schemes of this Come world on. in the absence of God. You are going to die. And the devil keeps that pound. And he wants us in his zoo. And so here comes this God who loves you first. I love him because he loved me. And he says, I want that one. And he opens that, that gate, that door, those chains are taken off, that leash is removed. And all of a sudden, here we are. And we have that opportunity. But sometimes people stall in that place. Right. And sometimes God has chosen us, he's called us, and then... You stall, you you start hanging around the pound again, or and so what I hear you saying is, you've got to get to other believers. You've got to get away from the pound. You can't be an alcoholic who spends his time hanging around outside the bar. You've got to get away from that. Right, and like and like I said, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. My job is to seek and, and and present Jesus that they may be saved from being lost, right? The one thing about uh, being a courageous Christian is living it out. 
living it out. That means you got to go out and be about your father's business. And we're in the business of saving souls, of introducing our big brother, the king, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that they too may come to know him and that they too may be adopted and engrafted into the family. That is the, that is courageous Christianity. A man that's willing to stand on the line and say, let me tell you about my Jesus, regardless of the repercussion, regardless of how you're viewed by the world, regardless of what people think of you, so that another man who is lost and is dying has no hope can see the that light in you right paul paul said it like this follow me as i follow christ and i think about that scripture because sometimes looking up to jesus and wanting to follow this god uh, this uh, man who was fully man and fully God. It's a little hard for me to fathom, but when I see a Richard Mendelow, I can go, man, that guy's living it out. I want to be like him. And Paul says, and Richard says, follow me as I follow Christ. Come on, somebody. And and, and that's what it is. That's why I live my life the way I'm sold out. I'm tapped out for Jesus. I'm going to like this. Follow me as I follow Christ. And if you see me not following him, slap me in the back of my head and say, Hold get me back accountable. on course. Hold me accountable. He came and he chose me from the pound and I want to tell everybody <laughs> about it. Can you imagine if you didn't want to tell everybody about it? If you imagine it's dark, you can't sleep, some worldly trouble has got you at the end of yourself and God comes and chooses you. And then you run off with him and you remember there's all these other dogs in the pound, but I'm good. And, and <laughs> right? I got my thing going on. And it would be like knowing the cure for cancer and not telling anybody. I can't fathom that. And so you were rescued from the pound. And then you go back and you're shaking the cages and you're opening the cages and you're saying, come with me. Come Let on. me show you the love of God and, and the the future you can have, the, the loving eternity with him. So eventually, like James said, it must manifest itself in works, works. not because it's by works. Because it's strictly by faith, but you must go back to that pound and start unlocking cages or at least stand outside and yell about the truth of God. (laughs) Amen. Christians aren't aren't called to sit, soak, and sour. They're called to go out. Go ye therefore. And in the Greek, that means in all you're going, wherever you go, to the store, to the gas station, to the uh, nail salon, to uh, the gym Name right. more places. That's exactly right. <laughs> Wherever you go, Wherever you take you go, Take God and let someone see God. So when they come up to you and they talk to you and ask uh, about the hope in you, you're ready to give a defense. You're ready to say, hey, the world's introduced you to all these things. You've chased uh, drugs, alcohol, money, fame, fortune. And those things are all well and fine, but they weren't satisfied. Let me tell you about a man named Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's, um, <laughs> if you've ever watched a person pass away yeah, and you realize that all of that worldly stuff ended there in that moment. And if they haven't given themselves to God, if they haven't given themselves to Jesus, if they haven't prioritized that eternal kingdom over this world, then it does in fact all end there. All the good and all the potential ends there. And the rest is an eternity away from God, which we know is hell. Man, And if you've seen a person pass away, which I have, and you realize that regardless of what they did, it all ended there, you realize how futile it is. And I teased Christy last week because she said futile. 
And I'm like, what is that, like King Arthur, Lords and Ladies? <laughs> no, it's futile because this world, it just ends. And if it's strictly about the mall and about fashion and about a bigger house and a newer car, then how much sense does that make? Do not place your stock in things that rust or can be eaten by moths. And so it's so amazing. And then you do... Uh, just cherish the work of God in your life, in that love, not through religion. And then you want to tell people about it because you want to get them. And then sometimes uh, we need that change. And now it manifests. And then it would be silly if all of a sudden the things of the world started mattering to us again. Right. Because we're giving it away. And so if I'm hearing right, surround yourself with believers get into the word. You said, ask, and you said, seek. And that's one of my favorites. If you need a scripture and you're, you're not good at memorizing scripture. The reason why I love that one is it says, ask, seek, knock, A-S-K. Well, A-S-K spells ask, (laughs) ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open to you for him who asks, receives and him who seeks, finds and to him who knocks the door will be open and that's what's available to us 24 7 365 come on and that's what's happening right now you know for your listeners uh, for those that are tuned in this isn't a coincidence it's a coordinated incident by christ for you to be hearing this message because if you're a believer he wants you to do more to get out there and let your light shine if you're not a believer he's saying hey look i'm real these men have experienced me and they, I want you to experience me. I want to walk in this relationship, in this life with you, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Right? That's, that's and it's crazy. real. It's real. And it's so real. And the thing that's bizarre and hard for people to understand is the stuff you see is an illusion. It's like the other day when we talked about it's a set in a play. <laughs> and what's real is the things you can't see. I've been obsessed with the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, this whole past week. And I read them and I reread them and I memorize them and I just keep saying them to myself, self because I don't have selves, there's just one of me, which is mostly <laughs> enough for most people, because I just love when it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Stay with us, folks. We'll be back. Better are those that will leave us for now. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281 656 1833 or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. 
Friends, you're back with Courageous Christianity. We're talking to Pastor Aaron Thomas, who has an amazing heart for God, and I just love hearing his testimony. And he said something uh, before the show. He said, I love my story, and I love living it out. And I think oftentimes it's very easy to uh, be regretful about the places you've been and the things that you've done and to say, I, I, I just said last week that I wished I'd have known Jesus earlier, but you can't because you have to love your story and all the places that you've been are just a testimony to how far he had to come and get you. And so we were talking about the book of John and I say, if you're listening out there and you're wondering about a good place to start as you really try and start reading your Bible to find out more about this guy who showed up at the dog pound to adopt you. And don't feel bad. We're all dogs. But Matthew, Mark, the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke are really more historical accounts. But the book of John really talks about the heart of God, especially chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, where it really explains what he was doing. And I read before we went out, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Does that not just... Yeah. God right here, right and now. S- and so he made us. his dwelling among us with the purpose of atoning for our sins so that we could be restored to God and then live out our testimony. You well, asked early before the show, what, do you, what does that mean to you to come to the foot of the cross? Well, man, it's like this. I think about uh, my life. I think about my testimony and... And you said a lot of people lament, I don't, you know, God chose me uh, for a time such as this to share my story. And it, and it, and it's uh, this story that overcomes the evil one. The Bible in the book of Revelation tells us that we overcome the evil one by the blood of Jesus and our testimony. Something that the enemy can never take from me is my story, my encounter with Jesus Christ. And when I think about the cross, like I always tell people to go to the cross and figure out of the depth and the breadth of what that really means. It, it, it's redemption. It redeems all of your bad, all of your ugly, all of your no good, all of your mistakes, even your what you thought was good. It makes it, God just washes away and gives you his good, his righteousness, which is a greater good, which is no, which is a good that none of us could attain to on our own, but he gives it to us because he loves us. He blots out, Everything. It's like, like you said, you, he takes that dog home and he washes it white as snow. It's clean. It's purified. And that's what the cross is. That when, when you think about what happened at the cross, everything bad died right there. Everything bad stopped right there. If you choose that as your starting point. You choose it as your starting point. I just wanted to go back to your on the plane. You're headed to this uh, program. Before you even get there, Jesus has changed your heart. And then you go through the program. And did uh, for a person in that place, what's the next step? Well, for me, it was, okay, so I, I was in the program. I, I finished um, the 60 days. And I wound up being there seven months. I just wanted to be 
in a in a place where I was being able to do something in the kingdom of God. So I was going to get men that were struggling like me. And then after that, it was like, oh, I have a wife and a family I need to get home to. And I, and I went home. And the first thing I did is I, I sought out an opportunity to serve God. I didn't seek out a church. I was looking for somewhere that I could go tell people what I did. And I came across this truck stop ministry, met a man, this man, uh, Chris Nader, just fell in love with him and what he was doing teaching the word to truckers and people that go through a truck stop. That's a whole nother world. And then he plugged me into a church. God was moving. He already had a plan, plugged me into a church, met, introduced me to a a pastor, a man of God, um, military like yourself, police, all that. And, and this man gave me structure. He started to grow me up in the word and uh, put me in a pit, a pre-pit program, then a pit program, pastor in training, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and got me on the track because God. But you're doing stuff. You were doing, doing stuff. stuff. You were you sharing were... what I had, like like this. I, and I'm you not... didn't wait to be perfect. You no. just said, "Let me tell you what He's done for me right now." I was perfect at the cross. What I'm learning to do right now is to walk in perfection, friends. Uh, I have a paper in front of me that helps me remember some of the things I want to talk about on the show. And at the bottom of that paper, and it comes up in every footer of every page, I put a main point because I always say in each show, what is the main point? What do I really want people to hear? And what I want us all to hear from Pastor Aaron is that each of us has a unique journey in Christ, which prepares us for a distinctive place on the spiritual battlefield where we bring our faith to bear. And so there's no mess too messy. There's no uh, heart too distracted. There's nothing that you've done. And in fact, all of that stuff actually just makes richer the testimony that you have as you come to some distinctive place, which he will reveal to you. And then the next thing is a verb. You bring your faith to bear. You bring it. It must be brought. You can't just do it in your living room. It eventually has to be brought to bear at the intersection of your faith in the secular world. Christy, what do you think about that? I, it's It was coming up earlier and, and seeing that, hearing that we're each uniquely and wonderfully made. And for I think for a time such as this. For a time such Ruth as 414. this. God bless you. Friends, that's the truth, and that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge. So when He says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you are. And it's always relevant, and it never fails. And if you're having trouble, go back to it, and the Holy Spirit will guide you to a place that will speak to you. So our moment of truth today is one of my favorite verses. It comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 18, where God says to Isaiah, Come now, let us settle the matter. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And I just love these words. I love them for many reasons, but one reason is because it just seems like such a gentle and intimate conversation between a father and a son. Come now, let us settle the matter. And in another translation, God says it this way, Come, let's reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. To me, these words are so filled with love and understanding. And the thing they are talking about so tenderly and reasonably, 
sitting together knee to knee, God and Isaiah, God and each of us, is the horrifying subject of how mankind will deal with the weight of his sin because he must deal with it. And Pastor Aaron said something earlier. He said it's his responsibility. A father's responsible for the sins of their children. A father's responsible to feed their children. A father is responsible for their children. We're his children. So what is also amazing to me about this conversation is not just the tone or the notion that man's sin must be atoned for or balanced. Because a lot of religions include the notion of universal balance because, by the way, God demands justice. He's not the Michelin man. It's not about marshmallows. It's about love, true love, and God demands justice. So what's amazing to me about this conversation as I hear it in my heart is that since God created us and looks on us as a heavenly father, he is speaking about our sin with a sense of compassion and commiseration as though he shares in the pain of it. And he does, because every father shares in the pain of their children's suffering. So think about it. If your child broke someone's window, would you not want to help them make amends? Would you not demand that they do the right thing? You would probably pay for the damage, right? Well, Christianity is the only religion that addresses the balancing of sin in this way, that God should orchestrate the atonement of our sin. And he does that with the cross, that by him, And through him, the universe is balanced and we are restored to him. And that brings us to the next very unique point about Christianity. And I was going to say it earlier, but we're the special operations branch of this, of of God's warrior kingdom. In our restoration by Jesus' atonement on the cross, by his resurrection and by our faith in God's plan, we now take part in the offensive mission of Christianity to go and make disciples of all nations. Suddenly, it isn't as though we're bad kids who broke the neighbor's window. It's as though our father is proud of us and he actually trusts us. We're restored. The weight of our sin is balanced and we're brought to loving service. After all, if we broke that window and our father paid to fix it, would we not be expected to work off our debt to our father? So though it's not by works, but simply by faith that this plan unfolds each day, The end result is that we get to serve God as his children, adopted from that pound. So how do we do that? That's important because it has to eventually be made real. It has to be lived out. How can we be courageous Christians? Well, let me ask you this. If your father let you out of the worst trouble you could get into and he gave you another chance, what would you do? Would you not strive to live in a way that glorified him? Would you not try to love your brothers and sisters because it made him happy? Would you not try to help those less fortunate because you felt so grateful? Would you not tell everybody about how awesome your dad was? And would you not be overjoyed to do whatever he asked of you? Well, that is courageous Christianity. Pastor Aaron, thank you so much for being with us and for sharing your testimony and your just powerful, loving voice for Jesus. It was my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. You come back and tell us again? Anytime. Anytime. God bless you. You are a courageous Christian. Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com. 
or on CourageousChristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. And don't miss Pastor Aaron and David Savage every Sunday at 3 on Salt and Pepper Conversations. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.